welcome back to Story Communications with DJ Finley. I am, of course, your hostess, DJ Finley, and I am here with a very special guest, Rain, from what's your YouTube channel called again? I completely forgot. <laughs> no, that, that's so all right. I'm not, uh, I don't use it that much, but you can find me on Twitch on Rain Dross if so you desire. <laughs> and. We, I've invited Rain on the show because he is a lifetime enthusiast of classic horror, like, or classic monsters. Is that the correct terminology for it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it will be classic monsters. <laughs> and I'm always scared to use the word monster movie because I think everyone's going to think King Kong or uh, what's his name, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, but um, as we previously previously discussed, like giant monsters are usually known as kaiju movies, more like more than monster movies nowadays. But yeah, I understand the confusion. Yeah, I, I'm a newbie to the classic horror uh, genre because I did not get into it till 2017. So I have a lot to learn, and that's why Rain is here to make sure that I get all my terminology right and I have everything else correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely try, but I don't <laughs> promise anything. <laughs> so we're here to discuss monster movies. Well, more specifically, we're going to discuss a TV show adaptation of Jekyll and Hyde that came out in 2015. I believe it was a... Oh, it wasn't BBC. It was like ITV or something. Yeah, ITV, India. Mm-hmm. And so, but before we get into that, we're going to discuss some some things about monster movies in general. Well, modern monster movies, because I think everybody already knows the classics are better, but... Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and the books are usually better. I've only read Jekyll and Hyde. I still need to read Invisible Man and reread Frankenstein, because high school was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and I've got no memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it because we have a lot to cover and not a lot of time to cover it in. So, <laughs> Rain, I was kind of wondering, with uh, the recent film industry has been treating monster movies like superhero movies or spy movies or action films. As a viewer, can these genres work for classic monster movies or do you wish monster films were returned to the horror genre where they originated? At least I have quite the divergent belief on this. <laughs> I do believe that monsters usually work uh, better in horror, but I'm not opposed like to try to giving them uh, different treatments, like you know this kids movie called uh, Hotel Transylvania. That mm -hmm. it's basically a monster movie but animated and for kids. I don't mind that. But mm -hmm. I think like one big issue, as you said, uh, nowadays that everyone is trying to make their own uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm -hmm. which leads to just uh, yes, monsters are very based on their identity and when they try to make them very serialized and just have them like be as a superhero or just this one thing they lose like a big part of what they truly are which are like i don't know these big questions for us to answer i don't know it's weird <laughs> i like the word you used you said identity like it loses the monster's identity yeah um how do you think that would treating a, a monster film as like say a superhero or action flick how does that lose the monster's identity in your opinion i uh, maybe at least yeah it depends a lot of <laughs> depends a lot on how you want to do it if uh for example you want to treat like i don't know like a superman movie when it's we all know that superman it's basically godlike 
but it's about what Superman feels and thinks, kind of thing, more than what he can do. I think that will be like a better approach. But if we give it like an Iron Man MCU approach, that it's more about the show than the substance, it's like a style over substance. I think that's like a very bad approach for a monster, as pretentious as I sound. <laughs> when saying that. Well, that's actually a really good segue to my second question, which is originally monster stories weren't so much about heroes versus villains. They seemed mm-hmm. more, at least to me, and I could be wrong, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're more man versus nature or man versus God or man versus himself, man versus society and science versus superstition, so on and so forth. These films presented morally ambiguous characters. Mm-hmm. Does having a clear line separating good from evil degrade monster films today? I will say that, yeah, because these monsters were, pur- uh, most of them were purposely made to like blur this line between what's presented as evil and good. For example, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's a very big example of that. Yeah, Dr. Jekyll was like this very Puritan gentleman who fit everything that was seen as good in the Victorian society. Meanwhile, Mr. Hyde was the complete opposite. I don't think that you have to clearly separate good from evil, but that you have to like have this clash, as you said, like man versus God, man versus himself. But what do you think, Finley? I don't know, I'm kind of on the... I don't, know, I don't know if it's because I'm a, I'm a girl or what, but I personally like stories that kind of bring up moral dilemmas and ask some interesting questions. Like, oh, yeah. I love the science versus superstition, especially with something like kind of going off topic a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wolfman, for instance, I loved the, the first movie because it was kind of this nice in-between of science versus superstition. It didn't treat either one as correct or superior. Yeah, the other yeah. One. And I think that's one thing I really liked um, that really got me into the monster genre, well, the classic monster genre. No, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely with that. That, that's what I meant to say. Precisely, <laughs> I, I trip over my words quite a lot. <laughs> You're good, because I kind of noticed with a lot of like superhero movies are trying to blur the line between the hero and the villain. Unfortunately, in a superhero movie, you kind of need this is the hero and this is the villain. While in a monster movie, mm-hmm. especially in like the Universal Frankenstein, the monster is kind of a victim in his own sense. Yeah. And they kind of, at least to me, the movies kind of made me feel more bad for the monster than everybody oh, yeah. else. Yeah. And no, so I, I, I believe that's definitely the point of them. It's just that these monster movies are more than, you know, like hero against villain. It's more about a protagonist against antagonist, mm-hmm. which, and those words don't necessarily mean that someone's good or evil. Mm-hmm. It's just that they mean from which point of view you're watching it, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah, no, I I agree. If it's a superhero movie, you usually have. <laughs> well, first, like spy movies. Like, most, mm-hmm. most movies nowadays, which I think is kind of annoying, is because like a lot of movies have like this very clear cut line between this is the good guy and this is the bad guy. And then they try and treat it like they're trying to be morally ambiguous. And it's like, no, you clearly set up lines. And yeah. once you set up those lines, it's really hard to be morally ambiguous because you're sitting there going no, you clearly said this person is bad and this person is good. So why are you trying to be all deep and <laughs> philosophical? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it it almost feels like they're kind of uh, scared to take, to take like that step of like, yeah, maybe they are both evil, but both of mm-hmm. them is the, one of them is the lesser evil kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or both of them are good and one is gooder. <laughs> 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 Rain and I, we actually uh, connected and talked for like three hours last week. 
And mm-hmm. Rain actually said something that really stood out to me. And I've been thinking about it this whole week. I'm and, scared. Uh, <laughs> no, it was really good. It was a really good comment. Rain said that, because I asked him why, because I, I talked to a lot of my writer friends and a lot of my reader friends. And I've mm-hmm. noticed my writer friends are a lot more hesitant to put in their opinions, like their beliefs or philosophies and things into their stories, because nowadays you can't kind of hold like they're afraid that they do that people will think of it as they're trying to put their opinions above other people's well my reader Mm -hmm. friends were like well we like seeing other people's opinions because it makes us think and makes us compare their opinions to our own opinions and i brought that up and rain said something really cool which was let's see if i can say it as as good as well as you said it (laughs) Uh yeah Um, i'm trying to remember what i said so go ahead please you said something along the lines of i wish i'd recorded our conversation honestly Mm. like (laughs) people nowadays read or consume stories to be told what to think not so much to gain a different perspective. I kind of want to add one thing more to it because I've been thinking about it all week. And Mm. it kind of made me think of a lot of people indulge in stories to be validated on their right now opinions, on their current opinions and beliefs. Mm. And so I was kind of wondering if that was one of the reasons why monster films are having a hard time bringing back their glory days because the monster films did have that nice, you know, no one's really right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nowadays, I believe that people, yeah, a lot of people like uh, self-indulge in reading that that uh, self-indulge, uh, people indulge in like in reading and watching movies that tend to validate their opinions more than having them ask questions. That's basically mm-hmm. what monsters used to do. Mm-hmm. because uh, each monster is kind of a bit of a reflection of ourselves, of degrading themselves. Nowadays, never on history we've had the freedom that we have now to write about anything. Mm-hmm. So there is so many things to read, yet a lot of people are afraid of kind of like getting out of that comfort zone that they have created for themselves reading-wise mm-hmm. and go out and explore things that make contradict their beliefs or make them feel different. I must admit I've seen of this myself. I personally find uh, find it a really hard time to read books that are not monster related, for example. I've been trying to read more modern books and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, I struggle, but I'm trying to push myself towards that. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. I, no, I, I completely mm. get it because I think part of the reason why I got into the, the monster kick was I was already in mm-hmm. this, basically going backwards and like watching movies from the old old times, early times of Hollywood. Because before the monster craze, I was doing a lot of research and movie watching with the Marx Brothers. Oh, you know yeah. Who, who they are, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of them, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and so I was watching their movies. I was reading autobiographies because there was nothing to watch, it felt like. And I went back and rewatched, revisited all my favorite Vincent Price movies. And then The Mummy came out in 2017. And a lot of YouTubers I liked watching were complaining about it. And I was like, wow, people really like these universal monster movies from back in the day. Maybe I should check them out. So I guess it was a good thing 2017 flopped. Oh, yeah, no, I <laughs> I, I, I agree. Like, uh, hopefully one day we'll get to discuss that <laughs> here. Yeah, but yeah, so I just kind of noticed like, and this kind of goes into my third question of, so nowadays the term monster movie, as I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, when I hear people say monster movie, everyone's talking about Godzilla or King Kong, which as you point out, there's a correct term for that. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. But, um, which are more about big monsters punching each other in the face than 
you know, and talk, and those movies seem to be more about how humans suck because I believe King Kong is about like pollution or something. I don't remember. I know somebody. Oh no, it, no, it's about a lot of things. It can be about pollution, colonialism. Mm-hmm. Like I think, like I since I both of us we come from <laughs> countries who had been colonized at some point. Mm-hmm. I think that King Kong gets a lot. I mean, it it does get to the colonialism point quite strongly. It's like. You know how they used to like grab a culture and just rip that part from mm-hmm. wherever it came from and then just show it as an spectacle somewhere else, which is literally what they did to Congo. So I don't know. I kind of noticed that's like everyone's favorite trend to do with movies nowadays is talk about like, oh my goodness, look at all the bad things humanity's done. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that the classic monsters with you know, Frankenstein and Dracula, those guys, they actually were, they, they kind of brought up both the bad and the good sides of humanity and actually asked some, in my opinion, some good questions. Yeah. And, no, and I talked I, about different, and, and they actually had different issues with each monster. So like, it wasn't like each monster film was about the same thing about how humans suck. It kind of brought up different aspects yeah, of it. Yeah. It's how humans suck, uh, how humans suck in this particular way. <laughs> 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 and i know yeah. the other monster movies seem a bit more close to home because you know they actually dealt with more here and now things like at least to me frankenstein is kind of about you know not being accepted into society because of certain reasons yeah but yeah. i was kind of wondering nope. like do you think do you think because everybody's kind of caught up in this whole you know we need to worry about these human questions the modern audience is not be interested in remaking the classics that are more loyal to their source material and themes uh, at least i personally think that if they try to remake the classics and actually stay close to, the, to <laughs> their you know original material instead of doing what they did with the mummy in, in <laughs> 2017 i think it will be Great. I think a lot of people will actually enjoy it because uh, at least what I like about monster movies is that besides they're having like these big conflicts like man versus God, man versus himself, mm-hmm. they also feel very personal in a sense because you're mm-hmm. seeing the story of a person also struggling with something they probably brought upon themselves. Mm-hmm. But you see in some sort of degree their, pers- their own personal struggle more than, more than this really big thing. I feel it's more personal in that way and I kind of like it. And that's, that's interesting because like a lot of people they like to dissect characters but mm. i've also noticed that while in doing that they also don't like getting too what's the word i want i, I know i know what i'm trying to say and i can't seem to think of the words to say it mm-hmm. but it's like they don't want to actually dissect it like they want to like show you know the different aspects of people but they don't ever want to actually like question it and question it or like because going using star wars really quick because oh, I don't know yeah. if you've seen I don't know if you've seen the the new ones, but in the last oh, Jedi, I've seen, I've seen them all. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, in the last Jedi, what they did with Luke Skywalker, I was okay with what they did with him. What I didn't like was how they mm-hmm. got him there. I didn't like their explanation for why he was now the way he was, and they didn't mm-hmm. dive into Luke Skywalker as an actual person. So I've noticed like they'd like to bring out the faults in people without actually treating them as people. Yeah. Well, I've noticed monster movies actually kind of do that, where characters like Dr. Jekyll, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. he had actual curiosities, he was a decent person, and he is very high in society type yeah. of person, very morally straight. And I kind of thought that the book treated him more as a person who really enjoyed and kind of was terrified of his darker self, which was Hyde. Yes. So I was just kind of wondering if, like, because 
monster movies are a lot more close to home is that one of the reasons why studios don't want to make them because it forces them to actually treat these characters as actual people instead of like monsters which you can you know the like king kong or godzilla something yeah, more, I, more big we don't have to be quite so close to home yeah actually actually i think that's a, a great point i'm honestly like a little bit flabbergasted because <laughs> i'm like damn my brain is working because of that um <laughs> So props to you, Finley. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one thing of, as you said, the main reason of why these movies hit so close to home is because the characters, they are flawed. And mm-hmm. as human beings, we are flawed as well, but we usually or instinctively try to avoid these flaws. Mm-hmm. And I feel like modern cinema or movies, some of them have gotten like very comfortable in the sense of not wanting to make the audiences uncomfortable to at least to some degree, at least, in the psychological spectrum. Mm-hmm. The sense of like, oh, this character is actually not that great of a person, but maybe what if I'm not that great of a person either? And, you know, like, get you to ask those questions. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like modern movies have gotten a bit too comfortable because they've seen, they see what works and they just, bang, explo- uh, exploit it, yeah. basically. <laughs> Let's move into oh, Chuckle yes. and High 2015, because what did we watch? <laughs> Uh, as you said in uh, your your one YouTube video, why did you watch that? Oh yeah, why did I watch it? Um, <laughs> because probably had the name Jekyll and Hyde. I'll be honest, that's why I clicked on it. It had Jekyll and Hyde on it. So fair game. That's fair game. So since I've been asking you a ton of questions, would you like to start by asking me a question? Do we need to actually explain oh. what the show is, or should we just talk about it? Oh, yeah. Um, please uh, go ahead and explain a bit what the show is about. Um, All right. Correct I... me if I get anything wrong, because I'm not sure if I'm going to remember everything correctly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Likewise, I... please. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as I understood, it takes place 50 years after the actual Jekyll and Hyde book. And this is Jekyll's grandson, and his name is Robert Jekyll. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to one thing that bothered me about the whole grandson of Jekyll later and he's been raised in India he was adopted by an Indian family and I think it's this supposed to be like the 20s or 30s yeah it's the between time period. that time yeah 20s or 30s yes okay I wasn't entirely sure on that and he gets a letter from a dude called Max Utterson who is the son of Mr. Utterson from the lawyer from the book yeah Gabriel saying, Utterson that he's been trying to find the descendant or heir of Jekyll to give the estate to because Jekyll committed suicide. I also have a problem with that. I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And, and so because Robert has a ton of questions about his past, his parents have never told him anything about his birth parents. Uh, he goes to England to find answers. And while he's there, there is this side plot thing, which is where I got really confused involving a dude called captain dance who's evil and the leader of this one cult group and there's a group called mio which is what does mio stand for military intelligence other i think yes i honestly can't remember what mio stands for but it's in the grand scheme of things it's not really important (laughs) it's really not no and MIO is in charge of making sure that no one knows about monsters. And Robert Jekyll is kind of on their radar. I don't entirely remember why, but he's on ah. their radar. And, they, and they're and they basically spying on him. And so when Robert Jekyll gets to uh, London, 
or England. I don't remember. I think they're in London. I don't remember. Yeah, it's London. Yeah, it's London. He runs across a whole bunch of people. He meets up with Max Utterson and Max Utterson's secretary, Heels, who I absolutely adored. She was my favorite character. And he meets this lady who runs a pub? Yeah, nightclub. Nightclub thing? Yeah, yeah, it's a nightclub empire. Uh, I mean, yeah. the empire nightclub. <laughs> and one of the guys who works for her used to work for Henry Jekyll. And he knows all about the whole Jekyll and Hyde scenario thing. And he teams up. He almost gets killed by Dance. Oh, by the way, Dance kills uh, the adopted parents in India. I forgot about that. Because oh, yeah. it has so much to do with the show. And also, Robert's brother is trying to get to England because that's where Robert is. And my brain's hurting trying to make sense of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, let's... I mean, I, I think... Um, let's... Uh, There's a second dimension. Said. There's an evil biggie bad called... <laughs> Lord Trash. How do you explain this show? Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, let, let's just... Uh, okay, uh, let's try to keep it simple. As Finley said, it uh, happens 50 years after the original story. It's filled with uh, what I like to call legacy characters, yeah, which are descendants of the characters which are supposed to kind of take their place. Actually, they should have uh, had more legacy characters if you think about it, because there were more characters in the book. Than they oh, had, yeah. they, had, they had the descendants of the person Hyde kills. I don't remember his name right now. Yeah, uh, Sir Danvers Caru. Yes, you have mm-hmm. um, her, uh, his descendant. That's uh, Lily Caru in the show. Yeah. Okay. You have Utterson. You have... Although, uh, I don't if, remember... If you want... Who was uh-huh. the old dude? I don't remember him from the book. Who was he? Uh, I think it's Mr. Guest, but I'm not sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the really old, old dude. I the think dude, the old Good. dude that introduces him to the house and, like, shows him the laboratory. Ah, no, that's um, that's Mr. Poole, uh, Jack Ailes, Um He wasn't Poole. He, he, had, he had a different name. Ah, he wasn't Poole. He wasn't Poole, and mm. that threw me off because he said he worked with Jekyll and he helped Jekyll create the Ah, the you're right. And I was like, yeah. no, you, what? <laughs> Uh, let, let me try to remember. I wonder if I can pull up a cast list or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, trying to remember who this guy was. Jacqueline High 2015. I, I've looked this up so much, my computer just went straight to it. Okay, uh, uh, it was... Gar- uh, in Garson, I think. Garson, yeah. I don't remember uh, a Garson in the book. No, he doesn't exist. Yeah, Jekyll works uh, on his own because everyone thinks his ideas are, very, are too outlandish. But he said he never really mentioned it in the... I thought he said... He didn't really talk about it in the confession. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, he mentions that in the sense that he knew that the ideas were too outlandish to mention them to anyone. Mm-hmm. Because they will tell him that he's doing magic, basically. <laughs> or that yeah. he's insane. So he's like, yeah, my, my ideas are too crazy in the science way. So I decided to not share them. And that's why in my confession is not the uh, way to make my, uh, how to make the potion, for example. Yeah, and they didn't have the confession in the book. Not the book, not the book. Uh, they didn't have the co- confession from the book in the TV show, which I yeah. thought was a missed opportunity. And oh, that drove definitely. me nuts. So, okay. And there was a whole bunch of like magical dimensions and craziness. And this show got insane. Oh, yeah. And you have these ghosts that have very bad CGI that yeah, I particularly and didn't Also, like. okay. Am I the only person who laughed hysterically when... You saw how easy these like weird, creepy ghost things were to kill. Like you stab it with anything and they go poof. Yeah, they literally poof out of existence. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> and it's like, well, what? 
what is this? Okay. So yeah, this show got got insane. But and it it felt like they had a slight idea, but they weren't confident in their idea. So they're like, well, let's throw as much crazy stuff in there. They had Spring Hill Jack in the show. We were doing a really bad job explaining this show, but that's just how crazy the show is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they have a Spring Hill Jack, and it's not the original Spring Hill Jack. It's a Spring Hill Jack's grandson as well, I think. Something like that. And he's a black dude who gets killed off super fast. Yeah. Boy. Spoilers. Yes. The fact that they killed Spring Hill Jack this fast was like a really big wasted opportunity because... I know they could have even played with, like, um, have you ever heard of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I've heard of it and I've seen some reviews, so I have a pretty good idea of what it is. It's the one well, with John yeah. Connery, right? Yes. That's the one you're talking so, about. Yeah. yeah, that one. So uh, for whoever doesn't know that, it's basically a movie where you have, like, this league of extraordinary people who are, most of them, um, classic monsters. Like you have Jekyll and Hyde, Invisible Man. Man. Who was John Connery? I was not sure who he was. Oh, I can't remember. Um, they kept Nemo, N- Nemo, Captain Nemo, and uh, Tom Sawyer. Yes, I swear there were other characters. There was like a vampire. Oh, oh Nina. They had Nina. Yeah, and she seemed pretty cool. They had a whole bunch of other fictional. Do they have like Frankenstein or anything? Or I don't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, they also have a uh, Moriarty, Sherlock Holmes. Uh-huh. Yeah, basically, uh, all of your. Um, late 1800s public domain characters <laughs> we didn't have to pay royalties for yeah yeah also they have uh teddy brendrick from the island of dr moreau and dracula etc etc mm-hmm. yeah i kind of feel like they're, they're hoping well i wouldn't believe actually i would believe they were trying to do something like that if they just got rid of lord trash yeah, and the alternate a... dimension yes yeah, so there is a character called lord trash yes i face palmed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they got super yeah. annoyed. Yeah, uh, I believe that. I mean, they at least should have acknowledged that he was named Trash. Not acknowledged. I was. I spent the entire when they introduced Lord Trash and they made him known to all the characters. I have spent the entire time waiting for the head of MIO to say, "Well, let's go take out Lord Trash." I kept waiting for that line, and that line never came. Yeah, and I feel extremely I... gypped. <laughs> yeah, like. Um... He's a very famous actor, the leader of the MIO. I can't remember his uh, Richard name. Richard Grant? Yeah, yeah, Richard D. Grant. Yeah. Uh, he is, uh, I've seen him in other movies. He's a great actor. And I think like they really wasted him here. Oh, they seriously wasted him. He was, yeah. He's also really fun. He, he had a lot of fun in his role. I agree. So, um, well, I have a question for you. So, you know how this show has a whole Jekyll and Hyde stuff? Like, oh, yeah, you have the Jekylls and you have the Hydes. But on the book, they really are just the same thing and Jekyll is very aware of when he's hiding and stuff but mm-hmm. here they kind of make Robert like not remember quotation marks what he does when he's hide. Robert uh, he claims that he has no control over hide uh, mm-hmm. that he doesn't really remember mm-hmm. but uh, the character um, uh, Isabella uh, charming the girl who owns the Empire nightclub mm-hmm. she no, no, yeah, she was great. Uh, she tells the others that he indeed does remember what he does, but he doesn't want to admit it. Like he doesn't remember it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. She says that he does remember, but doesn't want to admit it. Oh, do, he does remember? Other, yeah, he does remember because okay. uh, the other girl is like, yeah, but that was Hyde. It wasn't Robert. And then she goes and just kind of like uh, smiles at her face and it's like, he remembers everything he does. Mm-hmm. And kind of just throws the smoke on her face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I 
I think yeah, you talked about um, the last. I talked about the last episode when Lily and Bella meet, or which episode are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, the last one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one. They oh, finally wow. meet. Yeah. Oh, the last episode. I'm trying to remember the last episode. I think it was too busy going what the whole time. Ah uh, no, I mean. But- <laughs> It's not really worth remembering for uh, anyone who is listening to this. Watch the show, but don't watch it. You know what I mean with that? You watch, um, this is a show you watch with friends and you talk the whole time. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. But uh, what I want to say is that do you think they should have made it more clear that he does remember or he doesn't? Or that they should have separated these personas more? Well, what do you think they should have done with that? I think honestly, okay, I think it really depends on what they were trying to go for. And I don't know what they were trying to go for. I'm going to come out and be very honest about that. But looking at it from a writer's perspective, mm-hmm. I would I would definitely need to take that into consideration because as you mentioned in the actual book, Henry Jekyll is aware of what Hyde does. And he remembers it. And I think he, he regrets it when he becomes Henry again, but he enjoys it and revels in it when he's Hyde. Yeah, that's, uh, I, that's literally his exact same word. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Almost. I'm pretty sure that was written much better than how I said it. But I, I think, because <laughs> mm-hmm. one thing I really, at least to me, I would really try and, and play with the fact that the actual Jekyll and Hyde, the first ones, mm-hmm. were... The same person who with, with the same memories, they both remembered what the other one did. And, you know, they both hated what the other one did because Hyde would hate the fact that Jekyll's a decent person and uh, Jekyll would be grossed out by the things Hyde has done. Mm-hmm. But I would have, in terms of how they impacted the world, I would have separated them as two people because the book went in Jekyll's confession. He talks about how he really made, he went out of his way to make Hyde feel like his own person. Yes. And so I would have had it where the book characters actually, not the book, the TV show characters actually think that they are two separate people until they find Jekyll's confession. And then they find out, oh, they were the same person with the same memory and the same everything. And I probably would have played more with that gray area with Robert because Robert is a diluted. Yeah, yeah, he... Yeah, he's the homeop- uh, homeopathy version of Jekyll. Yeah, basically. Yeah, as as you said, it's uh, because what, um, I just want to um, yeah. point, sorry, mm-hmm. I just point this out really quick because Robert is technically this is where I had a problem with the fact he kept going by the name Robert Jekyll. It really annoyed me because Robert's technically Hyde's son, he's not <coughs> yeah. Jekyll's son, and so I kept feeling like he should have been Robert Hyde because his dad was Louis Hyde, yeah. and uh-huh. he goes by Jekyll for some reason, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, you yeah, know, I mean, at least I personally think that uh, if they had him as Robert Hyde, it would have been a lot more fun because people mm-hmm. in London will be like, is he related to that Hyde? And then they could have played a lot with that. But they have like this very small throwaway line about uh, Louis Hyde, his dad, uh, being injured. And while he was injured, he, for a very small amount of time, became his Jekyll again. Mm-hmm. And that's when he asked the um, Robert's adoptive uh, father to take him in and be like, raise him as a Jekyll, not as a Hyde and stuff. Yeah, but why did his uh, adopted family keep the last name Jekyll? Why didn't he take on his adopted family's name? That's actually a good question, but you know, I, I guess... We need the plot well, to happen. I mean, that's we need the, the plot to happen. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you, we want to explain ourselves uh, the fact that, you know, it happens in... 
I mean, to try to give ourselves an inward explanation, let's take an account that he was raised in the British Raj, mm-hmm. which, uh, if, if you know, uh, having a British last name would have probably been better for him <laughs> having an Indian last name, That's true. which is awful to think about. But yeah, but um, I remember the question that I want to ask you mm-hmm. uh, as a writer. Um, what do you think, like plot-wise, more than character-wise, was the weakest part of this show like what was the part of the show that you think broke it basically to me the show officially broke okay so well context for people they in their attempt to find out stuff about the family they go to some relative of the family that turned into (laughs) dogs and they protect the gateway to the other dimension yeah that's when i was like okay i'm done yeah (laughs) What episode is that? Is that like a fifth episode, fourth episode? Yeah, it's just that I feel like that part was particularly rushed. I agree that they took like the black dog. That's an actual uh, British urban legend and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that's great. But the fact that they did the whole magic stuff and that the whole Jack and Hyde stuff is actually magic. That kind of Jack awoken. Stuff. Well, they, they mentioned that Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, they mentioned that it's like DNA. Like it's yeah, actually yeah. In, and Henry just woke it up and I'm like, no, no, no. Hyde no, that- is... The carnal instincts of people. Yeah, he's, he's like the the flawed human side. Yeah, everyone has a hide to say it in a way. It's not just Jekyll and his family. <laughs> yeah, but they treat it like he did because Robert's huh. the only one who's like, "Am I a Jekyll or am I a Hyde?" And I'm just like, um, "Dude, you're not the only person who has that problem." Sorry. Yeah, my guy. Uh, just said when you become a Hyde, you, you're super strong and stuff. But yeah, they treat him like the Hulk. Like he felt more like Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Yeah, like I mean, uh, for example, have you seen the the 1930s Jekyll and Hyde movie? The one with uh, I believe his name is um, his last name was March. I think it was something like Robert yes. March. Yes, I think if it's what I'm thinking. Yes, actually, I think I did a review of that one. With my oh. normal co-host Essie. Oh, oh, that's that's great. Yeah, because as you see in that one, um, they just say that Hyde in the book um, and in the movie they show that Hyde is stronger, stronger mm-hmm. than Jekyll, but that doesn't mean he's this hulking thing. And you know, I kind of like the fact that um, Robert he didn't turn into this hulking beast kind of thing. So you're talking about the one 1931 film starring. Oh, Frederick March. Yeah, that one. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I saw that one. That was good. I like that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I watch it every once in a while. It's very fun. Yeah, that's a Super, good super campy. <laughs> it is very campy. Also, with Robert, I could kind of forgive him not changing all that much because he is diluted. But then they brought in that it was DNA. So if it's DNA, he wouldn't be that diluted. Because I've studied DNA a bit. I'm not, you know, well learned on it. But I've studied it enough to know that over generations, you tend to weed out um, genes. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of like, okay, how dominant is this gene? And how come it's not getting weeded out through the generations? I mean, apparently almost on its way out. And then they didn't really explain that. Yeah, yeah. Show. And I feel like I'm confusing myself by trying to figure it out. No, yeah, no, it's just that we're trying to apply real world science to something that doesn't even want to follow fake science. So, <laughs> to put it in a way, basically, it's that every single one in the Jekyll bloodline has the potential to wake up this thing within them because mm-hmm. uh, there's this very specific part in the 
one of the last episodes that I particularly hate is Robert uh, picking up this uh, leather covered book and opening it and reading something about a creature called uh, the man within a man and they have like this weird drawing of a man with a smaller man inside mm-hmm. and that's when they start talking about the whole magic stuff and that's just magic. I don't know the more they tried to explain their world the more I got confused yeah. because it was I mean I personally liked the show when it was just Robert trying to find out what happened to yeah. his grandfather when when they were doing that maybe it could just be me I actually really enjoyed oh yeah no I yeah I think that's the part where the show like shines the most to say it in some way because there's a lot they could have done because Jekyll did leave a paper trail for Hyde that has a stopping point. Yeah. Because I think if the show had, as a writer, I definitely would have played with having everybody in universe believe that Jekyll and Hyde were two separate people, two actual separate people. They were not recognizable. They did not look like each other. And I would have had it where Robert has to figure out okay, who is Edward Hyde? And I would have had him think he is Hyde's grandson because he technically is. Oh, if you want yeah. to get technical, I mean, he is Hyde's grandson. And then he runs runs out of paper trail because Hyde wouldn't have a birth certificate necessarily. He doesn't have family. He doesn't have parents. You you would run out of paper trail. And then they come to a dead end. And then I would have them find the confession. And I think I would have had it where Jekyll wrote two confessions. Because if I was Jekyll, I'd hide two confessions because you don't know if Hyde's going to. Because if they remember things, if you hide two confessions, there's more of a chance one of them will survive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I would have had them find the confession and realize these are the same people. I would have gone more of that route, but I would not have sped through it because I kind of felt like the show was like, well, everybody knows the story of Jekyll and Hyde, so we don't need to explore it. Yeah, like, I think that's a wrong assumption that they made, actually. I think that even if it's... I think that there is this very big misconception about Jekyll and Hyde that they are two distinct personalities that they kind of just hate each other, but they mm-hmm. are just the same guy who is deluding himself into believing that he's that mm-hmm. he can become someone else and he doesn't want to accept that. Mm-hmm. He's the one doing the bad things. Because and also would have personally as a as a writer, mm-hmm. when I had yeah, of course. Robert find out these are one of the same people, I would have definitely kind of because the first part of the show would be dedicated to who am I as a person? Because I think you know that's a good driving force for Robert, who am I? And then once he finds out who he is, then kind of treat it more as a what the book originally was, which was at least to me, a story of substance abuse and how that goes from a story of substance abuse to substance dependency, because now Robert is dependent on his medication to basically keep him a decent person because Hyde keeps trying. And I would have actually, this kind of drove me crazy because Hyde didn't seem all that evil to me, Robert's Hyde. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As I talked about this show to some other friends and show them and they're like, it's not that Hyde is really evil. He's just an ass. I'm sorry yeah, for the word. I think there's a difference. Yeah, yeah. He's just very mean. It's just that he's um, evil by, I don't know, Victorian himself. standards. Or to yeah. himself. I guess that would make more sense. Yeah. He's very full of himself. He's very high and mighty and hoity-toity. And that's not necessarily the worst of human trait. And I was kind of sitting there going, okay, if high is not that bad, then why not make it where maybe Robert starts to realize maybe I can rejoin the two split halves because I would have kept it where Jekyll did. It was all potion, no genetics. I hated the whole genetics thing. Oh, that was awful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would have just kept it where it's just, because I know there are medications that can affect generations. So I would have treated it more like a medication problem mm-hmm. or, or drug abuse and have Robert start to wonder as the show goes on, can I join 
the two sides back into one? Can I undo what my grandfather did? Which I think would have been a lot more interesting than whatever the hey the show was trying to be with evil villains. And I wasn't sure what the point of the bad guy was. Uh, Being evil. (laughs) Being the bad guy. uh, They needed a bad guy. I think that's kind of... That's kind of like the issue. Go ahead. Because that's the thing with with monster movies is that when done correctly, they kind of feel like they don't need a villain. Yeah. Or the stereotypical, I'm the bad guy, kind of a... Yeah, I'm the bad guy. I want to dominate the world by bringing my interdimensional dark lord. Yes, that. Yeah. Yeah, that. But, oh my gosh, it just... (laughs) Oh, it's an absolute mess. Because you have Robert trying to clean up the mess his grandfather caused. That to me, that's that's drama all by itself. Oh yeah, it's a conflict. Yeah, no, yeah you know, finding the people great. that were, that were hurt by this, and also I would have had it where Utterson said that Jekyll was murdered by Hyde instead of commit because Hyde committed suicide, not Jekyll, because Jekyll was consumed by Hyde, and then no, Hyde I mean- committed suicide. <laughs> I mean, that's the best part of the confession. It's just that Jekyll, he basically, he gives up on himself. He's like, okay, all right, I'm high. But mm-hmm. he knows actively, he's he basically commits suicide, mm-hmm. not to stop high, but to keep himself from facing the consequences of his actions. Mm-hmm. Because he knows Jekyll is wide aware that he he's Jekyll inside, but he just looks different. Mm-hmm. And if he gets cut, he's, it's going to be a whole mess. And that's mm-hmm. why he's like, okay, you know what? I don't want to accept. I don't want to face the consequences of my actions. I'm just going to quit and drink poison and dice. Yeah, but and Utterson is his friend. And so if you have a, the opportunity to blame it on something else, wouldn't you be like, oh, he was murdered by Hyde? And so, because In, that, this is a time period where suicide was really looked down on. Yeah. Especially yeah, in the, the Catholic thing- religious circles. So it's like, because Utterson, oh, yeah. Utterson read the confession. Yeah, he, he knew. It's just that. Yeah, but in the he, show, they had it where he's like, Jekyll commits suicide. And they make that, they pound that into your brain in the first few episodes. Yeah. And I, actually, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, actually, basically, Jekyll just vanished because when they enter the, the they laboratory, they Hyde's find body, Hyde's not, body. Not Jekyll. Not Jekyll. And, so that's why I was like, why didn't you, as the lawyer, because you can fudge things as the lawyer, why didn't mm-hmm. you just be like, Oh, Hyde committed suicide after killing and hiding Jekyll's body because they never found Jekyll's body. If you're going off yeah. the book because they had Hyde's body and because it's all over, why would Utterson tell everybody, oh, yeah, that's kind of also Henry Jekyll. Just say that's Hyde's body and say that Hyde killed Jekyll instead of Jekyll commits suicide in a time period where, you know, there's a religious people. They point out they were Christian. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. As, as you say, actually, it will have been very in character, as you say, as him as a friend of Jekyll to, you know, try to, to honor his memory up. at least. Yeah. Yeah. To give up what Jekyll wanted the world to see him as, you know, mm-hmm. as this high extending gentleman and stuff. Yeah. Because that also would have caused a lot of problems for Robert trying to find out stuff because you would have a grave for um, Hyde and a memorial for Jekyll, which would just reinforce the idea these are two separate people. Yeah. Until he realizes they're the same. And that's yeah. why he has these conflicting personalities within him is because they're the same people. It's why, I, it's why he changes back and forth. Then after he finds out the same person, then he starts asking the question, am I Jekyll or am I Hyde? Not before then. Because the before then, I'd have it where he thinks he's a Hyde. Mm-hmm. Because also, it would make more sense because Jekyll had no children. And yeah. he already had the will written for Hyde, which means it would go to Hyde's descendants, which means that Utterson would not be looking for a Jekyll. He would be looking for a Hyde. 
Yeah, that I mean that makes sense. He'll be he will be looking for Hyde. Mm-hmm. Oh my trying to make sense of this whole mess of that the show is on my brain. Saying, but it's just that yeah, he will be looking for a Hyde because you know Hyde is a wanted criminal. Uh, mm-hmm. but then you also have the corpse of Hyde. <laughs> oh like, and uh, that's what I'm like, you guys have an entire show based around cleaning up the aftermath of this book they kind of threw the book out the window after like the first three episodes yeah yeah it's just that uh, i agree with you 100 percent. the fact that if they will have actually made the show about cleaning up the whole mess mm-hmm. that the original novella was i mean everything that Heidi jekyll did mm-hmm. that would have been amazing but then they bring us captain dance uh the lord trash uh, lord <laughs> trash uh tenebrae i think was called like the evil yeah, telebra- organization yeah that sounds that sounds familiar yeah and it's they made up a bunch of monsters they had people from actual british folklore which i thought they could have used better like the yeah. hell jack and the black dogs or the dark it's the black dogs or the yeah it's no, it's black dog. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's a legend of about a big black dog that will eat people. It's basically that. <laughs> yeah, because like I didn't mind that because I was like, you could have brought in other monsters because they're kind of or like if you wanted, you could do is the aftermath of the original monsters, and you could meet up with the descendants of people trying to clean up what their ancestors did. Yeah, I, I think that would have been like really great if we think about it. Like we will do that with Frankenstein. Like I don't know because in the when you finish the book, uh, spoiler for a book that's like almost 100 years old, uh, the monster uh, after he sees uh, Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein perish, he promises to destroy himself, but we never actually see him do that. So it's so kind of him, left open if he did or not. Yeah, it's left open if he did or not. For example, Invisible Man in the old-timey ones, there are a few sequels that... I, I believe one that's called Invisible Man Returns. It's I love like that one. Yeah, I'm isn't so that... Good. Is that the one where his cousin is the one who becomes invisible? Or no, what happened... Like what happened was his, his brother. brother is trying yeah, brother. to live a normal life and he's the doctor of a mining company and the owner of the mining company who is played by Vincent Price, which is why I like that movie because fair, fair. Vincent Price is awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm a little biased. Uh, he gets sentenced to death for murdering, with quotation marks, his brother. Yeah. And all the people who know him don't believe that he did it. And to save him from death row, the invisible man's brother i don't remember his name he gives him the serum yeah he turns him invisible so they can sneak him out of jail while they try to clear his name and vincent price they don't have the antidote yeah he starts losing his mind right yeah but they do bring him back to being okay and happy ending that's another reason i like it i'm a girl i'm a sap i like happy endings (laughs) um i mean i i don't think it's just because you're a girl i think it's just Happy endings are nice, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, so that one they could you could bring in like the brother of the invisible man, you could bring in because he's living with the aftermath. Yeah, talking about that, I'm not gonna spoil you the invisible man because the book's super fun, great. It's you Wells, awesome writer. Um, I need to read it. I, I have done yeah. it in, in the basement, I have no excuse other than laziness. That, that's <laughs> right. I mean, if it's for me, you can grab the war of the worlds and throw it out of your window if you want because invisible man is way better. Basically, uh, in the end of the book, I'm just going to say this. The secret to invisibility, it's in a book somewhere in a a small motel in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So anyone could literally just find it. (laughs) Yeah, so you could bring the book. Well, they had a book in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It looked like like a child's um, scrapbook. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, the art was bad. Yeah, yeah, because um, in the book, he explains that he wrote it in code. 
So if someone wanted to do it, they will have to decode it. Mm -hmm. So if someone were to find that book and decode it, they could in theoretically become invisible according to the book's lore and stuff. Yeah, they could have brought that into the show. That would have been awesome. Because oh, the show, yeah. the, the show Jekyll and Hyde, they had this book. I kid you not, it looked like a child's scrapbook, like from a six-year-old. No, wait, no, that that's putting down six-year-old art. It it looks <laughs> like crap. Wait, ah, you're talking about the book that the, the book from the, from the Black Dog's house. Remember when yeah, you go to Black uh, Dog's and they have this, yeah. this book that was like the cheapest looking, I don't even know what to call it. Like, I have yeah, little cousins like, and they have made better looking art. Yeah, like the drawings of the head of, as I mentioned previously, the man within a man that was, uh-huh. oh, that was awful. Like it was like uh, the drawing of a person, like very mm-hmm. poorly made. And then another smaller person inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just like, oh my goodness but and also they didn't bring in they had like a whole bunch of like different monsters I mean, maybe these monsters are actual monsters and i'm just not caught up on the monster mm-hmm. lore but they had a, a monster with a crab claw yeah that's more like I, is that an I actual think... monster or did they make that up no no i mean they picked it up from folklore but definitely like you know there are lanes of sailors that you know they die and they come back as these mixed creators well they could have explained that because he was pretty lame it was yeah, like okay or... there's a guy who roars and if it was like oh that's the remains of some someone who died yeah it was like for example instead of lord thrush i don't know imagine if they have brought up i just want to say this first uh, howard phillips lovecraft was an awful person he sucked <laughs> but uh i don't know if they could have brought in uh i don't know something about the cthulhu mythos i think instead of lord garbage back oh have you seen <sighs> Okay, another Vincent Price fangirl moment. Have you seen, there is a Vincent Price Lovecraft. Is it Edgar The Mountain Poe. of Madness? It's like, pal- like Palace something. It was like Mad Mad Palace or something. It was a Lovecraft. Haunted uh, Palace. Hun- yeah, Haunted, Haunted Palace. Pa- yeah, that's a Lovecraft where there's a monster in the basement mm. because he's a descendant of the, the dude who ran the thing. He starts to go mm-hmm. insane and... They have to like, I don't remember they destroy the monster, what happens to it, but they do something and it like makes him blind. I don't know the ending was really weird. It was a lot stronger in the middle. If they brought something in like that, if they, if you had to put in a second dimension thing, Lovecraft would have been your go-to guy. Oh, with like yeah. The crazy, yeah. like, like you mentioned Cthulhu monster and yeah, they could have brought or, an outcome. Uh, oh yeah. Or as you said, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe is a fan. Yeah, I, I'm a big, big, big fan of Edgar Allan Poe. And I think that they could have brought a lot of characters from his mythos, you have, you know, the, the Red Death, Hop Tomb Frog. of Ligia, that's a good one. Oh, Ligia, oh, beautiful, that one, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you will also have brought uh, Morella as well. I haven't read that one. Oh, it's it's good. Ah, I don't want to spoil anything. You okay. uh, I, I need I'll to read that you, one. Yeah, I'll send you later the name. Uh, later the name. <laughs> yeah, um, for example, you have this really famous one that's uh, the narrative of uh, Arthur Gordon Pym. Mm-hmm. That's also from Edgar Allan Poe. That's super weird. And it has some references as well to the Mountain of, um, the mountain of Madness. I mean, from uh, Lovecraft have some references to this guy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a story that three writers picked up and made like this big narrative. It's uh, I'll explain it at some point. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so like they could have brought in, because they brought in, like you mentioned, Spring Hill Jack, and it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of really good British things they could have done with it. I'm not entirely sure why they had to throw that out the window in favor of, I guess, making a new mythos that they didn't even mm. really explain. Yeah. Um, it's not like the Black Dogs were guarding, like, say, let's, let's, I'm just throwing out ideas here. Like the Black Dogs were protecting the Tomb of Legia. Because they're, they're, they're at a grave. Yeah, they're protecting a graveyard, kind of. Mm-hmm. And 
they had an incubus. Which I didn't mind the incubus. That was fine, but they didn't do anything with it. And that was really mm. annoying to me because it just sort of shows up to be evil for like the last few episodes. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I apparently have some black dogs of my own <laughs> my window. So they be sorry about that. I'm surprised my dogs aren't barking. My dogs always bark when I'm recording. It didn't explore anything. It felt very much like we have very a storyline. surface level. Yeah, it was very, it was, it felt like reading a new writer's work. And I can say that I was a young writer, inexperienced. <laughs> I, I can say that. I still have all of my early documents and I read them to give me an ego boost. Like, at least I don't write like that anymore. <laughs> but- I mean, you, you know, uh, there's this saying that if you look um, back to your past self and you actually feel good about how you are now, it's because you're improving. So that's a positive thing. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know. Okay. Does this sound yeah, stupid? Yeah. Tell me if this sounds stupid. Be honest. Uh-huh. I kind of feel like when you're dealing with something like monsters, don't get too original. And the reason I'm saying that is because there is so much to work with, you know, either whether you're talking about books or films or even just legends. Like I have friends from um, Hungary and talking to Mm -hmm. them about vampires and werewolves was super fascinating because that's really ingrained in their culture and really ingrained in who and who they are as culturally. And you got stuff like ancient Egypt. You've got all of this years and years of history. To me, it's like if you're going to make a, a new movie or a new story for modern era, mm-hmm. don't tr- don't feel like you have to be original. And still, I keep telling my writer friends, there's so much out there that if you are pulling from something, like let's say monsters, don't feel like you have to be original. Just get your facts right. Get your information right. Because that's mostly, I would have been more okay with the mummy if they just got the Egyptian facts right. They don't know anything. what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're trying so hard to keep things as melancholy or not melancholy, like as monotone. Let's go with monotone. Yeah. As I, possible. I think, yeah. As monotone and comfortable as possible. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, we don't want to take anybody off. And I'm like, yeah, but can you get your terms right? And like, yeah. You have a little faith in your audience for once. <laughs> Because to me, it's like if you're going to bring in something, whether it's a different culture or anything, you need to treat that with respect. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons, yeah. especially with monsters, it's like there is a mythos, there is a yeah, like, pre-established uh, something. Yeah. yeah, it's pre-established. And even if you took, even if it's not like actual religious mythos, like we were, like we were talking about with Egon Poe or Lovecraft. What's up, mm-hmm. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we mentioned him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like they have their own mythos. They have stuff that you can play off of and you don't have to sit there trying to be original because the more original you try to sound the dumber you're going to sound that actually reminded me to something a professor i once had said is that in this world there is so many people that uh, you can't really be original mm-hmm. you can't um, you can no longer come up with an original idea because pretty much everything has been thought of mm-hmm. that's what he said i i don't agree but that's what he said <laughs> but you can always add your own spin to things, like show things in a way that only you could show them. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you have to basically just stamp the name on it and make a completely different thing. Basically, don't <sighs> reinvent the wheel. Yes, I, like you said, exactly. Because that. you can <laughs> invent a different tire for the wheel. Yeah. You can maybe change up the spokes a little bit, but you don't need to reinvent the circle. Yeah, it's, it's exactly <laughs> like you got works, the circle, um, you know, the shape of a wheel, it's a circle. You can add tires to it. You can paint it. You can switch a lot of things. 
But you don't need to make the wheel square. That's not going to make it better. <laughs> yeah, because people are just going to look at your cart and go, what did you do? Yes. <laughs> and I kind of, I feel, that's what I think these shows are. They're squares. They're squares on a cart. And everybody's yeah. <laughs> looking at them like, why? And like, well, it's different. Yeah, but why? Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, there is uh, there's not really a why. As just This show, as just like us talking about nothing really right now this show didn't know what to talk about what to do or what to say or what to even be so i think that's kind of like it's biggest biggest issue because different people see things differently so when yeah because like there's different things to focus in on Mm -hmm. and i also and like we're mentioning with the king kong and the godzilla ones was it's like okay yeah, those are all, look, the world's in danger. And that's kind of where Jekyll and Hyde 2015 went. Oh, the world's in danger. And it's like, who flipping cares? Yeah, I also agree. It's just a, this is a big problem with um, big Hollywood blockbusters nowadays. Uh, the stakes have the importance that you give them with the characters. Just because you say that the whole universe is at stake, it's not going to make people care. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, the world's going to blow up. Well, the here. world almost blew up in Marvel too. So yeah, what's um, what's different? different what's the point yeah it's not every not everything needs to be this world ending experience in order to be worth you know paying Mm -hmm. attention to because i I think that stories like a tv show for instance or like the way the marvel i think marvel did a pretty good job handling it i didn't care for the movies but i think the progression was fine where they have the whole devastating world thing at the end and so i think if you're going to do it for a tv show if you gave it like five seasons putting the world at jeopardy would have been fine mm-hmm. but not 10 episodes yeah yeah how can, can i say it? if they want to put the world on jeopardy they have to put in jeopardy a world that you care about you know yeah they brought in more monsters and more things and you actually had them like also yeah. they had india where's the monsters from india for crying out loud yeah, they only, like, I think, like, from the eastern part of the world, they only had, like, Lord Trash and mm-hmm. the, um, these poofy ghosts that just explode. And they had they had a, one of the Egyptian gods, <coughs> the one with the beetle head. They had that. Yes, you're right, you're right. And they, that's all they did with Egypt, by the way, even though Lord Trash's heart is in an optic jar. Yeah, because then they didn't they... go with that. I'm like, oh, Egypt, what? <laughs> Yeah, because um, didn't they kind of like, you know, say that Lord Thrush was like uh, separated into pieces or something? Well, that doesn't remind me of an Egyptian god who plays a huge part in Egyptian mythology and also plays a big role when it comes to death, Osiris. Mm -hmm. That Actually, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and also, uh, I don't know if they explained very well why Hyde was the only one who will open the... Actually, I just realized something. Uh They had brought in Egypt... Okay, I don't know if you know the story of Osiris' death, the death of Osiris, Uh, but... So, so... (laughs) There's a part, depending on which version you you go with, because there's a lot of different ones, but Uh there's a part where Horus, the son of Osiris, goes to kill Set, and Set changes bodies with one of his loyal servants... So Set's mm. conscious goes into another guy's body and vice versa. And so when uh, Horus kills Set, he actually kills one of Set's followers. And because of what Set did to his dad's body, he cuts up Set's body and scatters it across mm. Egypt. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, why don't you have it where it's a body part from Set's original body or something mm-hmm. from the story of the death of Osiris? Yeah, yeah. If you're going to bring in one Egyptian god, why don't you just bring in the rest of the pantheon? Yeah. 
or I don't know if you bring one Egyptian god and try to create it, at least in your own mythology, how do the Egyptians' gods coexist with other gods? Are they all the same gods, but interpreted in different ways by different people, or I don't know. Were they the same god, just thought of differently by different <coughs> cultures? Or yeah. They, or were the gods monsters themselves that people uh, worshipped? Yeah, that, that actually would have been super interesting. <laughs> actually, now that you read it up, Right up, but disgracefully, you came up with it and not the writers of the show. Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, don't try to be original because if you try working with stuff or with restrictions, you're more likely to sound original because it's mm. just working with within the restrictions and putting a different twist on it. Yeah. What if the gods were the original monsters? There's a question. Yeah. It, it, it's about the twist, the spin that you give to it, not how Maybe the monsters want their want to be gods again there's a there you go the world's in danger the monsters want their place back as the gods Ta-da! World's Ta-da, in danger. That, yeah that, that's already a um, better idea of uh than this steampunk mess or of a trash show. that stinks yes <laughs> i guess like if we could summarize this tv show in one word i think a very funny and accurate one would be trash <laughs> Yeah, if it if it's with its Lord and Savior, Lord Trash. Of course. Uh, <laughs> it's such a terrible like also we didn't even talk about Robert's sister. Oh my yeah, actually. Yikes. Yeah, we didn't talk about her. There's a sister. Is it is she even worth mentioning? <laughs> uh, not really. Okay. She's a sister instead of being racist as a jackal, she was raised as a hive and she's terrified of being a jackal. She's but she, she has to be on medication them. to be a hide, and she's normally a Jekyll and they didn't do anything with that because I mean I mean uh, at least at first they tried to play it interesting because they were like oh there's a vampire now but it's actually here that she needs blood in order to stay as a hide or something like that I don't remember because I, I think there's even a there's even like an episode called the vampire or something like that yeah because she she's the vampire and wow did I feel yeah. disappointed when I found out what was actually going on and yeah I was because like, it was like Oh, are they bringing Carmilla and Dracula or something? Or a lot of these Lady ba- Bathory? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah, she's cool. Uh, oh, terrifying, yes. but cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that like, oh, there's a vampire. And I'm just like, wait, you haven't had any real monsters. There's always a twist. Oh, that's the twist? That's lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of my reaction to the episode was, wow. And then the, the more time we spent, actually what really drove me nuts with her was, mm-hmm. spoilers to this really bad show. She, the okay, so the, the black dogs are guarding the entrance to this other dimension. And the lady who's running it, who's in charge of protecting it, she's going to die. And she passes the responsibilities over to robert's sister for no reason we've barely seen these two characters on screen together they have no relationship uh his sister has nothing to do with this other realm yeah and it just happens and it's like character relationships much that's another thing it didn't really do anything with relationships it was so focused on robert's love life that wasn't even that interesting (laughs) at least i could do without it it was like this is boring i mean oh oh, yeah i was like okay either mary hills or go with Bella, but Lily is annoying and she should be written out of this show. There were two female characters I liked. <laughs> so, I mean, I liked him with Bella. I thought they were good together, but he was like, I'm in love with Lily. And I'm like, for what reason? Yeah, yeah. It's just that the things that they wanted to make it so that Hyde was in love with Bella and that it Jekyll added nothing in... to the show. I can tell you yeah. that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it added it... absolutely nothing. Yeah, it was a waste of time, as fun as it could have been. Because imagine if you know when he find if in this imaginary scenario that we have in our minds, 
where he takes time to find out that he's actually, you know, he is only one person and not two. Mm-hmm. I mean, so one, they're the same person. The, the two people are one and the same. Yeah, that. And then what will have he done? Like, will have he stayed with Lily, with Bella? And what will both of them have done about it? You know, it's a lot of ideas that the show I didn't mean, she was the descendant to... of the dude that Hyde killed. Yeah, because, yeah. And Lily so I was, was... like, they didn't, they, you, and they only brought that up near the end of the show. They did not let them, the two of them, I really hate the MIO. They did not let the two of them discover this and be like, okay, we now know this about each other. Now what? You know, because that's because that's a good. It's like the can I live with mm-hmm. this question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's which true. is always like. Which, I mean, to me, if you want to write a really interesting romantic drama, a good one to always start with is the can I live with this question? In my opinion, mm-hmm. because you know that's an actual problem a conflict between a couple. Because the whole reason you you're watching a romance is you want the two people to get together and live happily ever after. But then you introduce something that's like that makes you as an audience member wonder if I was in a relationship with someone and I found this out, could I live with this? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I think that's a really interesting question. Actually, that we brought up into that. Can, could I live with this? Yes. You know, uh, if only the show would have <laughs> that. But again, bad writing, and they didn't have any faith in their material. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's one of the worst things is that they, since they really didn't have any faith on the material, they they didn't want to explore it as much as they could have done it. Mm-hmm. And that led to them basically just bashing as much things as they could, hoping it will just stick to the wall, but then nothing We have cool effects in slow motion. Yeah. That got really have... annoying after a while. Yeah. Are, are we even going to discuss the ending? I don't Spoiler, everyone dies. We think. Maybe. Um, I mean, the... I'm going to assume everyone dies because there was no sequel. No second season. Yes. No, I mean, I don't know if you heard this. I think, I don't know if I mentioned it on my video, that please don't watch it. That the creator of the show, he was like, well, you know, we didn't get a second season and that's the ending. Everyone died. That's it. Okay, I can live with that. I didn't care about anyone anyway, so... Yeah, me neither. But nonetheless, (laughs) it's not a satisfying ending (laughs) at all. There was no investment. There was... Yeah, there was no investment. There was no mm. anything to it. Oh, man. we This, this whole thing could be talked about for hours. And we kind of proved that. Though you did ask once, or I think when we were talking, you asked me if um, which one I thought was worse, The Mummy or this TV show. Yeah. What do you think is worse? Because I don't know. I, I mean, I'd rather watch this TV show again than watch The Mummy with Tom Cruise. But how about you, Finley? I think the mummy's more infuriating because they were working with a lot of they're working with a lot of nothing because most of that plot was just rehashing the past. Rehashing what happened to Aminette. That was the entire plot was just rehash, rehash, yeah. rehash. And you're sitting there wondering how is this a two-hour film? And so I would say that Jekyll and Hyde is better because they did actually move the story forward. Mm-hmm. However, and I'm gonna hate saying this, I'm gonna need to rinse my mouth out after saying this. Wow, okay. The, Okay. The mummy was more focused than Jekyll and Hyde because it was very much we are going to waste our time on this one thing and not expand on it. While mm. Jekyll and Hyde felt like we need to make up as much crap as possible <laughs> because we're going to bore our audience with deep, awesome discussions. Yeah. Well, the mummy I... had nothing to talk about, so they just repeated the beginning multiple times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, you're right. I never thought of it like that. They repeated the beginning all the time, talking about what happened in the beginning of the movie? I mean, mm-hmm. Just look, 
cool monster stuff for people who like monsters. Like yeah, it it was at least a cool flash, and it was only two hours. Yeah, um, yeah. Jekyll was a bunch. It was ten hour long episodes, and. <laughs> They didn't have an. It was like the mummy in the fact they didn't have any faith in their material, mm-hmm. and we have to throw. We have to make up a bunch of things while the mummy just got things wrong. Yes, they didn't. They didn't introduce anything really. This is our world and this is our mythos. Because I was sitting there thinking about it because the monster movies also created most of the monster mythos, not the books. It was the movies. Yeah, like, yeah, like um, um what's, mm-hmm. what's, what's it? The Wolfman. The Wolfman didn't have the werewolf. Didn't have all of those qualifications. It was the Wolfman that created the silver thing. It created the Wolfsbane thing. It created the the mark. It created a lot of the stuff. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, or I think the um, thing that Dracula and Dracula doesn't show up in mirrors. I think it's also from the movies. Mm-hmm. Or Frankenstein, the fact that the Frankenstein monster eats uh, very innocent and doesn't really know anything. That's also from the movies as well. Yeah, so like the movies create most of the monster mythos that we go by. But I've noticed that the mummy is the one that is like, oh, we got to re- we got to basically reinvent the wheel. Because yeah. even, the, even the Brandon Fraser one didn't pay homage that much. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I think that to the they original. are super different. <laughs> You know, they're very, they're very much not the same film. And so I I think that's, I can't really say which one's worse because in watchability, Jekyll and Hyde is definitely easier to sit through, Mm -hmm. but they both basically bit on the graves of their predecessors. Oh, uh, I think speed is a light war. I'm not using using the actual word on this show. This Uh is a family friendly channel. (laughs) Yes, of course. We're not going to use such pity and disgusting words here. It rhymes with spit. Um... It definitely does. Yeah, we're, we're thinking of the same word, you know, uh, genius minds think alike, they say. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say it, but I think everyone knows. And so I don't, it's, I can't really say which one's worse because they both have their. <sighs> I mean, let's not be objective here. Let's just go by pure emotion here. Which one would you prefer sit uh, down and, you know, watch it again? The mummy or this whole 10 hour show? Considering I only watched both of them once, I'm guessing I wouldn't want to sit through either of them again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if I was forced, if I was forced to, I would probably do Jekyll and Hyde just because it is at least charming in its stupidity. Mm -hmm. You can laugh at it, watching everybody roar and look, try to act tough, and you just sit there going, "Oh, you're adorable." Is easier to sit through than repeating the same information over and over and over and over and over and over and over again for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so I would probably, I would probably have to say Jacqueline Hyde. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if we're I talking subjectively. Gonna... What about you? Yeah. Oh yes, uh, Jacqueline Hyde and of them. So should we wrap this up? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think we should definitely. But we have talked about quite a lot of things quite a lot of time <laughs> yeah we need to talk about the mummy in full we sh- i need to bring you back we, we need to make you a, a constant guest on this show <laughs> oh, I, I, I would love to be here like uh, one of the things that i wanted to suggest uh, that i think we will di- discuss about do you enjoy musicals by any chance it depends on the musical my favorite one is my fair lady that, that's a fair one it's just that um talking about jiggle and hide and monsters um you could give a watch to the, you know, the David Hasselhoff, You Can Hide. Oh, I've heard some of the music from that one. I like the music. I don't know if I'd be able to sit through it, but no. I like the music. No, yes, yeah. <laughs> no, I listened to the music. The music is great. It was uh, made by um, the renal cast was Anthony Warlow as Jekyll and Hyde. 
mm-hmm. and uh, the writer was uh, Andy Walhorn, who I think wrote a lot of songs also for the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. So no, the music is great. Hasselhoff is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the music in Phantom of the Opera. I'm not a huge fan of the musical. I, I, I'm weird. I can like the music from a musical, but I will like not like the film. Oh yeah, no, that that's understandable. Yeah. So what is just said, if you ever want to see a you know, a trash fire again, just... Oh, was that a trash fire? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it, I mean, the Hesokov one, only that one. Okay. Oh, yeah, but us, yeah, uh, we were closing up my bad. <laughs> yeah, we need to close up. So, is there anywhere people can find you if people want to find your content, they can look for you? Yeah. Take um, it on Twitch? Yeah, I'm on Twitch as uh, Rain Dross, that's uh, R-A-Y-N-E. Dross, D-R-A-W-S, where I stream myself. I have this stream that's called uh, Drawing Till I Get Good, basically, um, where I study uh, different drawing techniques and stuff. Um, and I basically try to become a better artist. <laughs> that's a hobby that I picked up about <laughs> a year ago, and I'm trying to prove. So if you want to hop in and talk about some dumb stuff, please feel free to do so. Awesome. And we will definitely see Rain again because there is way too much to talk about for just one episode should we discuss the mummy next oh that, that would be lovely <laughs> actually okay but oh, i hope yes. you've enjoyed and i will talk to you again soon have a wonderful evening and thank you so much rain for yeah, being no on the show yeah thank you for inviting me and uh, thanks everyone for listening it's a pleasure thank you so much for listening if you enjoy this content make sure to follow on your favorite streaming platform for all news and information about upcoming shows and what i'm up to make sure to follow me on facebook If you wish to contact me to tell me either your thoughts on the episode you heard or to give me suggestions on future podcasts, or maybe you'd like to co-host with me in a future podcast, you can either message me through Anchor, Facebook, or you can email me at seriesoflivesinc. All links are in the description box below. Make it a great day and I will talk to you later. Bye!